Welcome to Educated Hustle. This is your host, Paul Latibadere Jr., along with my co-host, Emilio Porter. Emilio, what's going on today, bro? Man, it's going good, man. It's going good. I took the bow when you said my name at introduction this time. I kind of felt like that would be a nice way to just come into the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like a little bow? Yeah, it's a little, a little, you know, put the hand out the flap and then go down. It's like a dabbing bow. <laughs> Whatever works for you, bro. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gotcha. Hey, man, I'm really excited for today's episode. I think the people got, got a really good guest on hand, Miss Jerrica Long. She, you know, produces content um, and also writes comedy and has her own movement that she's starting up called Her Comedy, which, you know, she'll get into a little bit more on what she actually does. And it's amazing because, you know, throughout the interview, she kind of talks about how she moved from place to place to to achieve her dream. And me and my co-host found that really inspiring. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that are just really scared to leave their hometown and, and just their college town. So when you hear someone who just so, for what she made it seem like, so effortlessly was able to say, hey, I've outgrown this place, I'm going somewhere else. And then to be going to that place, say, hey, I've outgrown this place, I'm going somewhere else. And she kind of does it with no family either, so there's no comfort zone. She just kind of steps out to the new place and is like, hey, I'm here, big girl time. Yo, yeah, and it's really crazy because she, it's funny in the interview, she's just like, yeah, I was just tired of being here. So like a couple days later, I just moved and I'm just like, Mm -hmm. what? Like, where do you hear that at? But where they do that at? (laughs) It's kind of like, like you really stay at one point and you stay stagnant and you're, you're probably complaining to yourself like, oh man, why am I so stagnant? I feel like I can't move to the next level well maybe the next level ain't where you at and you got to go to another place to go achieve your dream so i think i think she hit it on the nail when she said that yeah she definitely did and it's it's definitely a choice you have to kind of make where you realize that the only thing really stopping you is yourself and just to kind of bring it some bring it down to a level maybe more relatability there's a show on netflix called the master of none and one of the characters at the end kind of decides that hey I, Spoiler alert! Stopped. No, spo- I mean, you say one of the characters, because, yeah, you know, it, it could be any one of them, but just, you know, one of them decides that they want to change their life, and they just straight up move to a different country, and literally, the only thing that they did in preparation for was just decide, hey, it's time. It's time. And that's all that stopped them, and I think it's one of the cool, because at the ending, you know, someone, someone asks, is, hey, why are you going to, you know, this country? And their response is so easy, it's just, I just wanted to. <laughs> and you know we have that power we have that power to do that it literally a plane ticket costs some money that you need and you can literally just go there and you can live there and you can come back i mean it's crazy just to imagine it but the thing that really is you know in our way is ourselves so it's really cool to see someone like jerica who is able to take herself out the equation and just realize hey i'm gonna do it yeah i'm gonna do it i'm gonna succeed at it that's that's the that's the crazy mm-hmm. part I guess for myself, you know, making that leap up to to Michigan, it was a crazy move because, first of all, it's like I lived in Florida. Why would I want to go to Michigan? You know what I'm saying? So it's so cold up there. Like, I, I why would I want to do that? I'm already in paradise, you know? Mm-hmm. But the opportunity call where, you know, the company I work for asked me to be promoted. And the only way to do so was to to move up to Michigan. I was uneasy at first, but... Kind of like, you know, what Jerrica said, like, you really just got to go spread your wings into another place in order to 
really find out if you can actually make that move, that transition in your career. So, you know, when I got up here, I was able to, it was a struggle at first, man. I mean, you're staying in hotels, trying to look for apartments on, on, on free Wi-Fi, you know, which is kind of slow sometimes. Um, and at the same time, they were asking me to work as well, like start my training. And it's like, yo, I don't even like you can't even focus because you're like, man, where do I go after work? I don't know anybody. I just got this, you know, I got the company car, but yeah, I don't know, you know, where the places are in Michigan. So like, there's a whole lot of things going through your mind, bro. So it's really an overwhelming experience. I can imagine. I, I I know personally, if I don't have a place I can put my head down, or if I don't know where that's going to be at, I start freaking out. So I couldn't even imagine like working and trying to find your apartment and do all this at once. Like, it, oh man, it must have been crazy. Yeah, I was in a hotel for like two weeks. And I mean, hotels are nice, but like, you know, that feeling that your own place gives you like that sense of mm-hmm. comfort. Like, yeah. you really need that. I mean, staying in the hotel is nice, you know, having maids make up your bed and all that, um, you know, having your soaps and stuff repl- re- uh, replenish. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's all good and all. But, you know, sometimes you just want a spot where you can call home. And I didn't have that for, for a couple months. And even when I did find my, my apartment. I had no furniture, uh, you know, no TV, you know, none of it, none. nothing. So it's like I, I stayed on the air mattress for like a month until I waited for my bed to come up to my apartment. So, I mean, you know, by no means is it easy to to really leave your, your house and, and start a new life somewhere else. But um, I would say that helped me grow a lot because it's like I could be like, yo, I did that. And if anybody else were, were to move and ask me, like, oh, what's the process like? I can really tell them, like, yo, it's it's going to be rough, but you'll make it happen because I did it. So you can, too. Yeah. And shoot, that's the only thing you have to really take away from that. It's like you can do it. You can get through it. I haven't had the opportunity to, you know, move to a whole different place yet. But I'm not against it because I I, I really relish the fact that we live in this day and age where you can really be uprooted and go somewhere and you might have these reservations against it, but then you end up there and you're like, oh my gosh, I love it here. Now, that being said, I don't want to end up in some place like Nebraska. If, if <laughs> Nebraska's listening, sorry about that. I, I just don't feel like I'll do well there. But the aspect of moving has never really scared me off because it's kind of like, I think when you graduate from college, you're in that little, oh my gosh, all my friends are here and all that. But as you get older, you start realizing your friends are going off to do other things and other cities of state or some you just lose contact with. And then that whole thing, like what's really tying you here? What's really tying you here? And as I said earlier, it's really just yourself. And why not just take that equation and go somewhere new? Because, you know, in those new cities and opportunities, what isn't said is you have a chance to really go out there and explore just a new landscape, new surrounding, and new people. You're going to be in contact with people that you had no idea about. So the possibilities there are endless. And that's like romanticizing it because you have to do it when my co-host is talking about trying to find a place to live and living in and out hotels and everything. But I've always just been more receptive to moving because I kind of understand the evil and the good that comes with it. Yeah, exactly. I have two things to say. Um, off of what you said, the first one was I think I remember telling you this. Remember they remember they they offered me to go to to Wyoming. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that would have been a good podcast. I was like, yeah, no, to the no, no, no. <laughs> that's that's too that's too jumping out, out my comfort zone. But 
Um, I agree with you with that. But yeah, Michigan just sounded a little bit more relatable. And then the second thing about, you know, leaving and building like your network and stuff, like that was an exciting feeling uh, because I kind of had to think outside the box. Like I had to download, there's an app called Meetup that I downloaded and I attended like some uh, social meetings, uh, young professional meetings, really got to build my network up here and meet some people that I eventually either, you know, A, went out with at night or B, uh, I, I met up with this soccer group who played soccer every Saturday and, um, you know, just really got acquainted with the area through through just being somewhere else. Um, I also joined a kickball league, which was really fun. And, like, you know, it's like a bunch of old older people, like, uh, in their mid-20s to uh, mid-30s, uh, just kind of sitting and uh, playing kickball at the same time. So it's like those little things will always stick with me because I, I don't think I ever would have did that because I was so comfortable in Orlando, just kind of chilling at home and uh, seeing the people who I already knew. Um, so it was really just an opportunity to make new experiences happen. Exactly. And, you know, shoot, they, they, they had the young man out there with the soccer, the kickball groups, the, the meetups and business things. So, I mean, it's a lot of y'all are probably thinking I would never do that. But, hey, when you're trying to find people and really trying to build those relationships up, you, you kind of do things out the box. And my co-host seems like he's better for it. So why, you know, why, why uh, look down on it? Just go out and do it. Whatever you can. Yeah, do I really people. I really think that everybody. Um, and I mean, everybody's situation is different. Not everybody has the opportunity to really uh, jump out there. And maybe there's something at home they got to take care of and uh, make sure people are taken care of at home. But um, if you do have the opportunity and you and all that's really holding you back is yourself, I would just challenge you to really look for a way to get out of your comfort zone and, and go spend it somewhere else. Yeah, please, please, please challenge yourself. And if you have any inspirational challenge stories you want to share with us you can email us at educate hustle podcast at gmail.com and we might share it or we might just you know give you a shout out but i think uh we should probably get into this interview with miss jerica Lon. let people kind of just feel what she brings to the table and how she's gonna help motivate not just us but everyone that listens to do more and know their work most definitely so now we bring to you miss jerica Lon. All right, we are here today with our guest, Jerrica Long. She is a content creator and a comedy writer. Uh, Jerrica, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Emilio, are you doing all right? Oh, man, I'm, I'm doing great. I, it's always interesting to have this sort of dynamic on the show. It's the first time we actually had a content writer comedian, and it's someone that, you know, likes a lot of funny things. I'm really interested to see what uh, Jerrica is going to teach us today. <laughs> yeah, let, let's just let's jump into it. Um, Jerk, can you tell us about you know what your current project is? I'm currently working for uh, Blavity as a as a fellow, and what I do is I come up with ideas as far as like the web and like videos and stuff like that. So basically, I just create content for Blavity. That's all I do. Okay. Right now. Yeah. okay, sounds good. Sounds good. And um, you recently just uh, did your you have an Instagram uh, piece on. Uh, it's called Her Comedy. Can you kind of explain to the listeners what that is? Yes. Her Comedy is basically, it's a plat- a digital platform that's celebrating, inspiring, and um, showcasing funny women of color. So basically, it's just a community of people who either are funny women of color or want to see funny women of color um, online. 
Oh, yeah. That's a good trend. That's actually a good trajectory because I, I know one of the common, you know, misconceptions is that women aren't funny. And I know for her comedy, you're trying to kind of prove that that's the latter. So what made you inspired to kind of go and make that platform for people to have? Well, I actually, when I lived in New York City, I worked at a place called CAA. It's like one of the largest talent agencies in the world. And I worked in the comedy department and I realized that there were, they had very, very few amount of people that were funny women of color on like the roster. And I thought that was crazy. And it was at a time when SNL was doing the auditions to try to find black people. And like, they had such a hard time finding people. <laughs> like it was ridiculous. <laughs> and then I moved to LA and there's a, such a strong community of funny women out here and women of color and just about bringing that together and seeing that there's no platform, there's no space where that exists. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and that's pretty crazy that, SNL has that kind of posting like it, it, it's I'm sure it's not like direct like that oh hey now looking for black people who are funny now hiring like how does that how does that post kind of come up well I think you know the agents talking to people who work on the show but it's that's what it was it was black women auditioning to be on SNL that's yeah. exactly what the post was that's crazy <laughs> you get right to the source that way though I thought they were gonna throw in the word urban or something because you know <laughs> That's crazy. Entertainment yeah. industry is uh, completely different than what I expected. Oh, yeah. <laughs> completely different. All right. Well, that's good that you got that started. But um, kind of tell us how you how you got into the industry. I got into the industry when I was in Orlando at UCF, obviously the best school in the nation. Yeah, definitely. And... <laughs> mm-hmm. no I, was work- right? I was working at Universal Studios in Orlando as an entertainment production coordinator. And I kind of just felt like I hit my peak in Orlando and just in Florida in general. I kind of feel like I could do everything I could do. I was working on side projects, helping other people put their projects together. And I was just like done with it. It was my junior year of college and I was kind of over the whole experience. So I just moved out to New York. Um, I did an internship at WeTV and Development, uh, a paid internship, thank God, in WeTV and Development. And I just like, I fell in love with the New York City, the hustle, the grind, the opportunity, so I kind of just stayed and finished out my senior year in New York online. And um, from there, I went to intern for Mona Me Entertainment uh, under Mona Scott Young, who has the franchise Love & Hip Hop for VH1. I was an intern for a little bit, and then I got promoted to her assistant. Um, I sister for a while, helped with the shows, helped with Mix, Nicki Minaj. Um, and then from there, I went to a creative artist agency as a floater, and like I really learned the business, like the hard, hard business of entertainment and packaging deals and putting shows together and I just I fell in love with the TV side of entertainment and again I felt like I was faking it in New York City I felt like I kind of hit my peak and I needed to move to LA where it's all happening at and I had a great mentor Cece Hirsch who kind of helped me figure that out she's a talent agent she's a comedy agent at um, CAA and she kind of helped me put that together and just figure out that I need to be in LA and I moved out here um, I didn't have a job, <laughs> didn't really know what I was going to do. God. Um, yeah, I kind of made the decision in like a week, you know, kind of like quit on a Monday and kind of left L.A. on like a Saturday. I mean, I left New York on a Saturday. Yeah, I was kind of kind of quick, kind of spur of the moment, you know. But when you have a dream, you got to go for it. So, yeah, I moved out here. Um, I landed at DreamWorks Animation Television, working for like literally one of the most amazing people I've ever met in my entire life, um, Mark Taylor. Worked there for a bit. Then I... Went to Blackish. I was an office PA on uh, Blackish for ABC. It was an interesting experience. Left that, and now I'm at uh, Blavity. 
creating content. <laughs> That's like a biography word. That was a lot of great movies right there. Wow. Yeah. And I, I mean, I kind of want to backtrack a little bit because you, you said you spoke in, in your previous answer that you went from Orlando to New York to L.A. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who, who can't even leave their city, let alone the state. So can you mm-hmm. kind of just describe us like how has your mentality been just been able to take all these moves and just do it? And how you know kind of advice people that that holds them back to where they feel like, oh, I, I can't leave home. Like, how did you kind of get over that and just do it? Well, I just realized I wanted more. And, like, I'm from a place called Bradenton that's so tiny and so small and people don't leave. And I was just like, I'm not coming back to Bradenton until I have something to come back for. And I just realized, like, there's only so much you can do in one place. You have to continue to move forward and continue to push yourself so that you can have the things that other people don't have. Like, you have to do the things that, you know, people don't expect you to do. And sometimes that means moving, picking up your things and moving to New York or picking up your things and moving to L.A. That's true. True statements right there. And, <laughs> and um, I know you mentioned that, uh, you know, you moved a lot and yeah. on the spur of the moment and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to know, how did you get to where you were as far as networking? Uh, is it just something that you picked up? Did you make sure you connected with some people before you moved? Or did you kind of yeah. really just uh, plant yourself in that city and... and hustled and networked until you found what you needed to find see the whole thing of networking i never really liked i'm the type of person i'm real like if i like you i like you like i don't care about if you're in the industry if you're not in the industry so like when you're genuine you want to have genuine relationships with people that means more than anything than having a whole bunch of contacts or roster or people that you can call on because when you're building a relationship with one person that's stronger it's a stronger bond than like you going out and trying to meet five people for lunch or five people for coffee so I just really focused on the people that really mattered to me and that I felt like were genuine friends and felt genuine relations with people. And like I was able to call on them when I when I moved to New York or when I made these spur of the moment decisions and they really had my back. Yeah, a lot of people at CAA and then LA office, because I was working in the New York office, really had my back and really reached out for jobs for me. I think Brandon Lawrence was one of the people that really, really, really had, like went to bat for me, made sure I had interviews lined up out the gate. Like I'm talking chairmen and CEOs of like, Fortune 500 companies and entertainment industry, like jobs you just don't even hear about. Whoa. Yeah, that's yeah. Wow. <laughs> Yo, can, can we ring the bell one time? <laughs> that's some gems she just dropped right there. I, you know, she. I like how you basically say your philosophy is I just like to take a person I like and really just kind of build that relationship up with them and yeah. not have to rely on going out to all these people. And just from hearing you talk, it seems like you've kind of learned a lot of valuable things on your journey. Could you kind of just, you know, I know it's hard, but could you kind of pick what has been the most valuable thing you've learned thus far? Um, Knowing your worth. I've learned that if people don't think you're valuable or think that you're even worth it being at somebody's company, it's time to leave and put yourself in a position where you are valuable, where they need you to make those decisions and like figure out what's going on at the company or try to bring new ideas and new business ventures and stuff like that. Like just always understanding that you, that you're valuable and it's like believing in yourself and understanding your self-worth and the value that you can bring to another place. Like if you don't think you're good, nobody else will. Like you just have to constantly put yourself in a position where you're always bringing value to a person, to a company, just always bringing value. Always. Nice. (laughs) that was that was oh man there's so much heat in that answer you please (laughs) digest that know your worth bring value to what company you're doing and there's a lot of people that work in their company and they just you know they just kind of go and show up but i like your attitude of hey if i can't bring anything or they're not giving me that that feeling that i'm worth something i'm going to go somewhere else and and keep on moving exactly (laughs) yes all of that 
<laughs> I agree. And I want to backtrack uh, when, you, when you said that you worked uh, for the TV show Blackish. Can you tell us about that experience? Um, it, you know, it's an interesting experience, and I'm going to keep it 100 with you. I didn't have the best time working on with Blackish on the show. Um, everybody was amazing. It's just my direct supervisor, who I reported to, uh, was horrible. But saying that, I had an amazing time working on Blackish. It's one of the best shows on television. Amazing writers, producers, whatever. I just had a horrible boss. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, and that being said, I learned a lot. Like I learned how to deal with people who are just very volatile and controlling and just crazy. Like what you would expect working in the entertainment industry. Like with the stories that you hear um, working in entertainment. But that made me better. That showed me that I can do anything. Like you can be horrible and controlling and try to like watch everything that I do and I'm still going to shine, you know? Like Biggie said, I turn a negative into a positive. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like they can come for you, but like you didn't send for them, so you just keep going. Like <laughs> you just okay. keep going. Yeah. You gotta, you got to, you gotta. I kinda wanna ask, um, and I know there's a lot of big fans of them, so I kinda wanna ask just from your experience on the Blackest mm-hmm. show, how did um Mr. Anderson and Mrs. Ross treat you if you had any interaction with them at all? Like how were they? Oh my gosh. Anthony Anderson is so effing amazing. Literally, like, he would have parties and like, and make, he would like go out of it. Like he would just talk to me and invite me, like personally come up to me and invite me. And just like, whenever he saw me, he would speak to me first. Like that's that person that he was. He literally, he was one of my most favorite people I've ever worked with on a TV show in general. Um, okay. Yeah. He's oh so nice and just very like respectful and like, just, he's not, a, he's not like what you expect with these Hollywood type actors. Not at all. Um, and Tracy was great too. She was, she was nice. Um, but she's, she's just about her business. Like that's the woman who comes into work. Like she's so funny <laughs> though. She's so, and just like watching her work is just like amazing. Yeah. She's great. She's great too. She's really great. No, that's really great. And, um, yeah, they're good people. Yeah. I can't even imagine. Have you ever had any more interactions with celebrities, uh, on your past so far? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> so when I worked for Mona, we went to the MTV awards and they were in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And literally, like, li- you meet all the reality stars because Mona obviously works in reality TV, so that you in like the reality TV section. But like, I mean, I got to meet, I got to talk to Rihanna like briefly, like really, really briefly. Oh wow! Um, what? Yeah, a lot of women would kill for that. My girlfriend would have fainted. And she's beautiful, like breathtaking, like beautiful skin, beautiful teeth, and like she's she's kind of tall, and I was kind of surprised about that. I don't know. She's gorgeous though. Yeah, she's gorgeous. That's the sizing up yeah. on Rihanna. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you, when you work in entertainment, you meet a lot of celebrities, but the ones that really stick out in my mind are, are Rihanna. She's she's gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> she has the eye of many people, including myself, so I, I firmly believe. But I mean, <laughs> one thing I definitely wanted to ask, just because your, your path has been so crazy and it seems like you've learned a yeah. lot, is a lot of people want to get into the entertainment industry and, yeah. you know, they have the various reasons. So, what advice? would you give people who are looking to pursue that route? I would tell them anything is possible. Like you didn't get that job because you didn't try hard enough. Like you should, you should go to sleep at night knowing you've done everything you can do to get in the entertainment industry. Like breaking it into the industry is done every single day. Like there's all, I don't believe in no, like no doesn't exist. There's people in entertainment that have never heard the word. No, be one of those people. Like, don't ever, don't ever let the word no stop you. So just keep going and keep applying. And like, if they tell you no, take them out the coffee and find out why. Like, don't ever stop. Be a go getter and be hungry. There's so many people who work coming to the entertainment industry, and they just, they just, they don't, they don't care anymore. They're not trying anymore. 
They lose sight of their focus. Just be hungry. Stay hungry. Stay motivated. Do you have like a specific instance in your in your career so far where someone's kind of told you no and then you've sidetracked it and turned that into a yes? Uh, I'm trying to think. Sidetracking it. Um, so for Blackish, I it took me a year to actually even get an interview to get into Blackish. Um, at first I was told like no, you know, what what not. I met Kenya, who's the creator of Blackish, at a Writers Guild event where I volunteer. And um I talked to him after whatever and I told him about my like what I've been doing and how much I love Blackish and what it means to me. And literally, like from that day, it took like a year of me emailing him, emailing his assistant, following up and like making sure that I'm on the radar. So when interviews happen, I'm on their mind. And that's exactly like you, you, I heard a no, but eventually that turned into a yes. Um, and that was a year to even get the opportunity. On the spot. On the yeah, spot. Yeah, you got to walk up to people and, and get a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can we, uh, the amount of dedication, too, that's a lot of just perseverance and everything. Wow. And, you know, it, it kind of shows with you that you, you, you take your no's, you turn them into yeses. And I think that's an attitude that even myself and, you know, probably some viewers are like, we have to incorporate that more because, you know, <laughs> you make it happen. <laughs> it's the only way. It's the only it's way. It's the only way. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I just kind of want to, this is like an easier question compared to what we kind of asked. But like, you've been in L.A. for a while. So like, what are some of yeah. your favorite places in the city just to go out and see? Well, I really, there's a lot of great museums uh, in L.A. And I went to the Grammy. The, the Grammys has like a museum and it's amazing. They have a Tupac section. And it's like you like you see his clothes, you see like his hand, like his handwriting on like papers and his poems and his journals. Like that literally like blew me away. Um, if you come to LA, like Comfort LA is so good. It's like soul food, but it's like healthy soul food because everybody in LA wants to be like healthy and like on a diet or whatever. True. And like that food is like on and popping, like <laughs> slap your mama good. Like, What's your favorite dish? So, so they have <laughs> they have collard greens that are like sweet but still like hot and spicy at the same time it's literally the most <laughs> perfect thing in your life like it will change you yeah i'm getting hungry so right good. now <laughs> hey, she, she's putting in a good word yes. <laughs> about the walking there like jerica sent us yes come through Shout out to <laughs> all right cool and uh you know we kind of got off top- topic about the uh your your platform her comedy um, yeah but, you know, what's what's some things you're working on to kind of promote that and make it a little bit bigger that, than that you want? So at the moment, I'm just building out collaborations, working with other comedians, other platforms that really fit my demographic and my audience and just like collaborating and promoting promoting content, web series that I see that, you know, showcase a funny woman of color and just reaching out to the different comedy schools and building out my content strategy. Like I'm already starting to work on content like videos and stuff like that because eventually I want to be a subscription service just like Netflix but instead of Netflix you're getting funny shows and funny comedies featuring women of color people that look just like you ah okay so just kind of making everybody come to you for for what you know these women of color are doing as far as comedy goes okay I see that Mm -hmm. that's pretty cool yeah, that's an enterprise right there she's, she's talking about. <laughs> that's an enterprise. That's a hot... That's Man, listen, if you can get something like that launched, I mean, you're doing an incredible thing because I'm pretty sure a lot of women, and not even just them, but a lot of people who just admire funny things will gravitate to it because it really is nothing out right now to where mm-hmm. you kind of have like a Netflix sort of style for just comedy, you know? So exactly. That, you might be onto something. You might be. 
So do you feel like um people like I don't know, this is just my opinion, but like I don't know, I don't feel like uh there's up and coming comics like that. And maybe that's just me kind of not being aware to the you know, the comedy scene. But do you see a, a lot of people still grinding doing stand up and all that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And this is the thing though, you that's a that's the problem off rip. Like you're yeah. not able to see it. You know, they exist. They're out here grinding, going to shows and like doing stand-up but like where is that space where you can go and say i want to see a funny woman of color where do i go nowhere exactly and if those opportunities aren't there like how can how can you see it why isn't there a female a black woman who's like same level as melissa mccarthy shutting down the film scene where is that Mm. woman why not why isn't tracy ellis ross bigger than what she is she should be on tons of shows she should she should be a lot higher like doing a lot more things than what she's already doing like i should be able to turn and see her everywhere there's so many funny women of color who just aren't getting the same opportunities, and that needs to change. Hey, that's why we got you on the scene to change it. <laughs> hey, that's why we had to get you up on here just to spark the revolution, <laughs> light that fire. Exactly. Yeah. It's lit. It's lit. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, that's the one. I know, that's the one thing I'm definitely taking away from this interview with you is like I love your attitude and your your determination. <laughs> you're just like, hey, I'm, no matter what, I'm gonna be successful. I'm gonna be good. So just watch. Like that's, those are the people you yeah. need the most in your corner in life, right there. I already know you won't take no for an answer, right? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. He said, if they say no, take it for coffee and find out why. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I can see results right there. Yeah. I agree. Um, so kind of probably ending off here. Um, what do you think is the ultimate goal that you have for your career when it's all said and done? I when it's all said and done, I want to be the female comedy showrunner equivalent to Shauna Rhymes. I, I want to be able, I want to have a block night on either a cable program or like a broadcasting network like you're going to be in the future there's going to be movies and tv shows and from animation on to live action where you can see funny women of color shining in comedy awesome awesome well y'all heard it here first jerica long (laughs) yeah hopefully she doesn't forget about us when she makes it big (laughs) <laughs> Please, if you're gonna be on the Shonda Rhimes, oh, my girlfriend just watches Shonda Rhimes shows all the uh-huh. time, and it's crazy. She has so many of them. It's yes. it's a it's a it's a network. It's a network mm-hmm. of shows. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to stop sleeping on my comedians because apparently they out there grinding. Yeah, out there. Yes, they are. <laughs> Check out Vines. Check out Simone Shepard. They're out there. They're making it happen. All right, and I'll definitely su- subscribe to her comedy so I can get some more, some more intel. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, before we, uh, before we get off, how can how can the public reach you, Derek? Is just any like ways they can connect with you if they uh, want to see more about your grind and what you're doing out there? Uh, check out her comedy uh, on Instagram. You can just, you can, I mean, I talk about what I'm doing and I give motivation and I have an email list that you can join. Um, and a website that you can check out more content and just see what's happening in that in that realm as, as along with like what's going on with me and like my progress and, and what I'm trying to do in the comedy scene. So yeah, check it out. We so will definitely her comedy on uh, Instagram. Be on the lookout. Definitely yes. check it out. Well, thank you, Jerica, so much. We enjoyed having you and um, and you know, best of luck to all you do in the future, and we'll see you soon. Yeah, thank you, thank you. No problem. There we have it, man. Miss Jerrica Long interview. How how do you think it went, bro? 
man, it went really well. I, I, I really hope the audience kind of got that determination and fierceness from Miss Long. And it's kind of crazy because we, we were at um, I school together freshman year. And I didn't really have the opportunity to, you know, talk with her as much because obviously, you know, freshman year, I'm nervous. I don't really get to talk to a lot of girls like that. But <laughs> it's kind of cool seeing them like, you know, so many years down the road, like prevailing and making things work and happen for them. So it's, it's definitely humbling to see that, hey, man, you can make it happen. No, Educate us. Yeah, but what's literally crazy is like we were in a meeting together, like an internship meeting. And... um she wasn't really feeling it because it was more of the corporate uh, level interns at the time. And she was like, this isn't the industry I want to be in. Uh, I really want to get to to L.A. and get into the entertainment industry. And, you know, when you hear that, you're like, oh, yeah, you know, people say that all the time. Who's really going who's really going to do it? But to see that she's come full circle and, and, you know, four years later, she's out there living her dream like. That's powerful uh, to really know somebody who who says something and actually execute it. So it, it's it's really cool to, to look back on. Yeah, and definitely big props to her because from the interview, it sounds like she has her head on right and she knows what her next steps are. And it's kind of cool because you can kind of track the evolution. She went from, you know, wanting to, to just to get out to L.A., then just to be on a show to now she's like trying to start up a network of movement and make a make a what's it called? Um an innovative way to kind of have her name on all the new content that's coming out. So it's kind of cool seeing those ambitions through her words and how she's able to kind of take and evolve every time she makes a step to do something new. Exactly. So, yeah, man, we just, we just trying to follow her footsteps with this educated hustle movement, mm-hmm. you know, yep. step at a step at a time, get into living rooms, cars, work drives. But, hey, man. but we'll do it when we get a time. Yeah. Of course, man. Every time we hit the record button, we making history. So, I mean, that's all that matters. But, hey, man, I think it's time we get the people what they really want to hear, <laughs> how they can reach us. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Oh, man. So, once again, y'all, if you want to reach us on social media, these are how you can do it. We have several ways to access us. Twitter. Yep. Our tagline is at educated underscore hustle once again that is at educated underscore hustle if you want to reach us on snapchat that's educated hustle all one word educated hustle all one word instagram educated hustle podcast educated hustle podcast and of course if you really want to get at us you really want to let send us that piece of information to let us know how we're doing how well we're doing emotional comfort emotional feedback all that fun great stuff you can email us at educated hustle podcast at gmail.com once again that is educated hustle podcast at gmail.com it's like i hit the lever and all the wires sprayed on me just <laughs> as soon as i was done with that <laughs> It's all good, man. Every stuff happens, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, I mean, anything else you got to say, bro? Shoot. As always, I just want people to know that we are out here doing this for you. Hopefully you take these interviews to heart and it motivates you, motivates you to go out there and get something done, to go out there and make that stand and make that movement. Please, please take this opportunity to Take a chance on yourself and capitalize on your dreams. Because as Jericho, you know, so elegantly put, 
if you don't know your worth, you're not going to be able to succeed. The company that you work for doesn't know your worth all the time. You have to know it, and you have to go out there and take advantage. Hey, man. All I got to say is stay educated and keep hustling.